Welcome to the Thrifty Titans podcast, your ultimate destination for razor sharp brand building and media insights. We bring you the wisdom of the most badass founders, media mavericks, indie hackers and content creators in the whole wide world and help you grow your business and your audience without losing your mind or breaking the bank. Join the ranks of the Thrifty Titans and together Let's build something extraordinary. Welcome to the You Incorporated podcast with me, Sekhar. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of being joined by Paul Daniel. Paul is the head of growth at Oslash. Oslash is this amazing enterprise URL manager that helps teams navigate, manage, and share information by internally naming all important links. It's a very young startup founded in 2020. And in this very short amount of time, Oslash has been able to capture a very important use case among teams around the world. On this week's episode, we're really going to dive into how you could build an audience from anywhere in the world. Take us through what Oslash's audience really looks like. Oslash is a productivity tool. It's the main motivation here is just to save time, be more efficient at work. The whole space is new. If you take productivity as a concept, it's pretty new to the whole market. And uh, we are creating a product trying to create awareness of the whole concept of productivity itself. Now, maybe two years back or even now, if you ask the marketer, let's ask you yourself, right? Would you pay for a productivity tool? It wouldn't be a very solid yes. I'll try it out first. Let's see if I can. Well, if it really saves time, I might pay for it. Right? So right now, our target audiences who have realized the importance of productivity, we can call them productivity geeks who try out a lot of these tools. So those are up very strong ICPs who know why they're here for. At the same time, we are also aware of the huge target market out there. It's not a small market. It's a huge market. So... The job is also taking most guys saying can help you be more productive and we are also trying to understand the space. That's where we are right and that's broader segmentation of our users right now. You are introducing a category of enterprise level productivity. What does that mean at the growth end? What does that translate to in terms of your targets? It's a great question, right? Now, split that into books, right? When it comes to the product growth and I'll also touch upon how we take the message to the, you can call it the target of the marketing team. Right. Now, if you notice our blogs or if you notice the content out there that our marketing team puts, I would say 60% of it's going to be about productivity. Not so most of the content is about like, right. how can productivity matter to you? What are we doing in productivity? Why do you even need to think about productivity? So that's the strategy that we're taking in marketing and the 40% of the content, yeah, it's about slash and how we can do things for you. But the majority is about the whole concept of productivity. Now, coming to the product side or maybe what we are doing when a user tries to join slash or signs up slash, we take it as a challenge because though the user has signed up, we need a key to the product, right? So in that case, the user needs to identify or understand how those flashes, but that we also need to make sure that you're signing the value right in the first one or two minutes of them signing up, right? 
So we think more on like how to delay what three minutes of them signing up because it's not a utility product like the IT desk that when you have an IT device twist, you're going to end up coming to the IT desk. It's not that level of stickiness. It's more of a personal choice, right? So all our work decisions, all our product decisions are taken right. on like, how do we keep delivering that? Hey, this tool is a need for you. This is how we save time. This is we. So that stickiness aspect is what we take. And uh, in terms of the product decisions, I think everyone knows this. Nothing like user interviews, right? So you cannot build something without having user feedback, right? So we do as much as user calls. Even now we go on user calls. It's funny, no matter who brings a decision to the table, the first question is like, how many customers did you speak to before arriving at the decision? And if you don't have data, at least 15, 20 people, then you're not going to sell that idea to not even like your colleague in Mozilla. So that's the guide that we follow. Any to be backed by understanding, do even users resonate with productivity or are we making the right choice? So that's how we look at growth. It's always going to be productivity and then the product itself. When you spoke about how informing the user about what Oslash can do for them is baked into the product experience and that plays a huge role as well. Could you give a couple of examples? The first thing that you need to realize is we are taking the product to the users. So they are not, they're not coming to our product. And by that is, let's say I'm trying to convince you this, right? No incentive to use us. You haven't seen the value. So we're doing this podcasting and then I'm pretty doubtful that you're going to go sign up for Postlash after this, right? So unless otherwise you see the value of the product itself, mm -hmm. you're not going to try out the product or see the one. What I mean by is that I have to live where you are working, right? Which means I need to find out which tools you use on a daily basis. Let's say you're on Riverside a lot or you're on Gmail a lot. And I need to position my product there, right? In that case, like I'll give you a more clear example of at Postlash what we do, right? Now, Postlash is much more than link shortener right now. I'll get into that in the coming questions. But let's say you use uh, a calendar link a lot. Right? Maybe you use your calendar link 10 to 15 right. times a day. Now, what we do is once you reach a certain amount of pay per you in Postlash, we give you a small nudge in the calendar pitch and saying, hey, looks like you age a lot. Why not create a shortcut? Right? Now... Two things we are doing here. One, we are telling you that you're visiting this page too many times a day, which means you can probably access it in a single click. And second, you're wasting a lot of time by typing the same URL again and again. Right. Now, this, I'm not expecting you to come to the O slash dashboard to understand the onboarding, understand what we do. I'm just trying to live wherever you are present. And this is what I think whoever is trying to put a product out there needs to understand that. More than expecting users to come toward our product need to be where they work in. This is this is not a post slash like wherever I worked before, this is always something that I've lived by. It's better to live where you're in. It's better to be seen there. Of course. You spoke about the ICP. How did you really nail the ICP? See, to be very honest, as you said, the whole it's still an evolving company and a lot of experimentation is so I wouldn't say you set the ICP for the next 10, 15 years. No, so for us, ICP is, is a constant mm -hmm. evolving game. And as and when we release more features, more modules, we're going to again have to recheck on it. I don't think there's any hack to finding an ICP 
other than to interviews, user calls, right? Now, before we release a small feature, we go on at least like 100 to 100 users. And the fact that you need to wow. do about user interviews is you need to make sure that you are not doing any bias by selecting these users, right? Now, what I mean by that is, let's say, let's say I'm trying to build some feature for Oslash, which is a productivity group. Now, my user has both productivity geeks, someone will know, someone can lose anything at all, someone who hates productivity, someone who likes things to be messy, someone who likes things to do the extra. Some people just like typing links again and again. I have spoken to one user and I'm here satisfaction right. of reaching that you are, right? So, right. you need to make sure that the ICP user interview database has all your users covered. And you need to sort out the data and then make a decision, right? And there's an interesting thing, anyone who's doing ICP evaluation right now, you need to use your DOS on a Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Or else you've not figured out your eyes. We need to understand what goes in his head on a Sunday afternoon after lunch at 2 p.m. Once you've figured out your ICP, what is the logical next step for you about targeting these specific users? See, right now, to be very honest, our marketing is also very lean, right? We are not... Right. If I can be honest and I think you'll be surprised, you're not doing anything on marketing right now. Only SEO what we're doing and it's organic search. Now, the right. reason we're doing this, we are still at the stage of where we can confidently go ahead and say, let's put all our eggs in one basket. This is our ICP. Let's take considering the the market right now, the economy right now, and willing to spend on products. The other thing is a bit turbulent right now. So we just know that we can do without spending too much resources, right? If you notice, our SEO game has been increasing exponentially every month, right? Because we can do that with putting too much resources. Right. So whatever research we have done for the ICP, we try to let it into the SEO again, right? So whatever things they search for productivity, if it's associated, you can podcast. The blog about us will be there in the first two or three. Now, once, because we know that someone who searches for productivity is our targets, is our ICP right now, and we have enough details about them. So let's just take one step at a time. So it's not like we're just going in social ads, we're going into paid marketing, we're going to go to all those before we have enough data on it, right? So we have SEOs. And one other thing that our slash is for team product, right? Now, let's say you have a link right. and you don't tell anyone or there's no point in just without any virality, the product is going to exist. We also noticed that mm -hmm. a lot of people share links. You sent me the camera, you sent me um, the Riverside link and all those links. So we wanted to be there as well. And uh, so when you are sharing a link a person, we've also added referral loops. So if you refer someone to Oslash, you will get like $10 to keep using Oslash on. They will also get some credits to be on the paid plan accessing the same features. So... We just narrowed down like what all sources that we can like take it out to the market without spending too much because we are in that phase where we're adding are we is it fair enough to spend so much on marketing and expecting so SEO and referral loops are somewhere where we're able to exhaust all our resources without spending too much, right? So once your ICP is data research is done, the next step is to just figure out what 
channels work best for you. And that can depend on the stage you're in or the depth of channels that you've exhausted. After a point, we can't invest more in SEO because we don't reach a saturation point, right? At that point, we'll have to figure out what's the next best channel to invest. So the obvious next step is to figure out which channel works best for you, considering the market, considering are you in a position to go all guns, play this but the economy, I think it's it's good to clean and keep the runway long before you go into those things as well. Absolutely. You led me on to my favorite topic, which is growing in a very lean manner. What are your tips for early stage founders who want to scale to global markets, but don't have a lot of money? See, recently I've been like noticing this a lot and evolving this is your networking and community marketing. I think the marketing, there are so many communities out there for each and every theme, each and every product. So we also started a community on Discord and things have been going crazy out there and didn't need any resources out there. Apart from SEO, if you are into community marketing, all you need is to make sure moderator for the community, be active on the community, just spread the community word and you can have as much as discussions possible that are not even related to your product but maybe just a broader theme but on our community forum there are a lot of discussions on productivity like what tools they use according to me it's going to be community and second if you have a really great product please start using reference loops is what i would suggest right these are things that you need not spend much and obviously you're going to give some amount of rewards and credits in reference loops but i think they are very minor compared to the amount of Money you're going to invest in paid ads or maybe like social media marketing and all that. So there are a lot of low-hanging fruits out there where you can get the word out, have a small community. And once you're confident about your ICP and knowing that you can scale up to 10 million AR, maybe like 20 or 30, then you go always placing in marketing. But till that, keep your circle small, get as much as feedback possible, build the strongest product out there and then launch it. Got it. You also spoke about how referrals play into helping grow the startup at a very early stage. Could you take us through a couple of blueprints for what has worked for in terms of referrals and what has also worked for affiliates? That's a very interesting question and my take on this, I would say what we were thinking about in Oslaj as well. Right. So whenever we start any, I wouldn't call it C exercise, let's say we, uh, I think when we're discussing about referrals or maybe SEO, what's Revenue is never on our mind, right? Revenue is a different. So we don't look at like, how can we make revenue? Reference, like how many people can be charged? It's more on like, how can we bring on to the platform, right? And we want to expand the top of the funnel as much as possible, right? So that should be a goal for referral or affiliate marketing. Down to how much numbers can we make? Yeah, calculations are necessary, but this is going to give you a more concrete idea as to why you're doing reference, right? It's just a foot in the game, right? Now, once you task, then there's a different story of how to make sure your, your onboarding is kick-ass, your uh, retention is insane. Then you probably charge on this bringing us and this how to structure your referrals also, like where do you need to put your, what kind of messaging has to be there, right? So all this will come from the idea of why you're doing reference. And it's 
you are thinking from just getting more users, your referral is going to be more of good content out there and not just like some basic FM like say earn and refer and earn $5 or something, right? So the idea behind the referrals has to be there first as to what you're trying to achieve through reference. And then even for affiliate marketing, if you're just looking at bringing more users, you also decide like who you want to affiliate right. or seed in their mind that productivity is important. They'll at least start searching for tools. That's a seat for me at the table. Then I can just win over competition and give host last to them. Right. So the idea is to create awareness. And that's for us, right? As a product, we're trying to create awareness of the concept as well. So you need to find out like where you're and what you need to do, what your goal of reference is, and you start building your whole loop or affiliate part. Got it. You were speaking about how SEO is a very important part of the strategy currently at O slash. If you dial out SEO, what do you think is the role of content at an early stage startup, bootstrap, or is running a very lean setup? Why should founders or growth teams invest in content? See, copy is the first thing a user sees. It's it's part of the UX or the experience. True. Right? Now, you can have an insane true, product true. infrastructure, you can have an insane engineering backend to that, but if your content is shitty and your copy is bad, you've lost the user there. And uh, one of the interesting things about the reviews that we get for our website, I think you also mentioned, website is really thick as on the content is great. Yeah. That's the impact that content has. Kudos yeah. to our content team. As I told you, it's just late. But the amount of content they put, the ideas always have an edge over other content out there because so much content and copy out there like with social media booming and individual interactions creators like everybody can put out content now and interestingly comes to be the first point of interaction with your user so if you lose the content game there then there's winning back the user you can have an insane product but if your copy and content is bad that's the last game right there so that's why our content is also directly overlit by Ankita's CEO. So we give a lot of importance to the content, even a simple copy that was on our product. Let's take a CTA, right? Now, I have this content becomes part of product decision as well, right? So how do you put a CTA? How do you put, you can design all the buttons that you want, but if it just says contact us, nobody clicks contact us these days. Like they'll know that it's going to be a form. I don't want to click True. on contact us. So how do you make contact as interesting is where right. content comes in, right? And uh, at Oslabs, we don't keep content creators out of the discussion. Mm -hmm. Like content people are also part of product discussions because it's together, right? And right. I think like, that tends the importance of content because it's your first point of interaction. Mm -hmm. Given that a majority of Oslash's audience is, uh, I'm presuming based on the US, what are the consumer quirks of the US audience versus, let's say, an Indian audience? See, every market has a different perception when it comes to product, right? And I'm not speaking about this from an Oslash perspective. Earlier, I was at FreshWorks, I was at Microsoft. So I work in US, I work in APAC regions, I work in Indian markets, I work in Australian markets as well. The user behavior changes as per region, right? Uh, to take the US market, right. people are very willing to try out new tools. They keep, they're very open to trying out new tools, right? So if you go show them a demo of, hey, this is nice, let me try it out. Or it's not just a productivity right. tool. Let's say 
there on Salesforce. And if you go then want to show them about this CRM, they will be open to trying it out. But buying a product as well. But their stickness is very low, right? So if someone comes and shows them, they wouldn't mind switching to that, right? So US market getting our CC, but keeping them in the retention extremely high, the stickiness has to be high. Now, if you compare to, I think like Indian pet market are similar, the sales cycle is going to be insanely long, right? People do not make decisions in a second, right? If they're on a system, you might as well consider the deal lost because you're not going to convince them. Like it's going to be very impossible for them to be convinced to move to a newer system. But deciders, if they move to your product, they're not going to churn that easy. So in that case, you would need to focus more on acquisition of these users rather than retention. And if you're looking at US markets, you're going to focus more on retention than acquisition. And obviously, I'm just talking from the SaaS perspective. I'm not sure about the other industries because I've not worked there. But when it comes to Australia, specific market, make sure that the product, the content member, everyone speaks the same language as to what the market is also expecting. On that insightful note, guys, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for being on the show, Paul. Thank you so much, Saika. It was nice speaking to you as well. Guys, do tune in next week for the next episode of the UN Incorporated Podcast. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Thrifty Titans Podcast. I sincerely hope we were able to bring you one step closer to building and growing your venture. If you found our show useful, remember to follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share our episodes far and wide. It means the world to me and my team. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at join.thriftytitans.co. We have all the links available in our show notes. Welcome again to the ranks of the Thrifty Titans tribe. We're really excited to have you on board.